Welcome to the Free From Wall Street podcast, where we talk about how to create, preserve, preserve, and pass on generational wealth without the roller coaster ride of the stock market. And now, here's your host, Stephen Libman, managing partner of Integrity Holdings Group. So welcome back to the Free From Wall Street podcast. My name is Steve Libman. I'm your host. And today we have Josh Blair. He's a great friend, mentor of mine, which seems to be a recurring theme. It's almost like I get to use this podcast as a free mentorship and free masterminding. So thanks, Josh. Thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thank you, Steve. So give us a little bit of the background. So Josh Blair, for those of you who don't know, he's, he's a local guy. He's been in the mortgage business for how long now? 18 years now. 18 years now. He's done all of our loans for when we were referring people for fix and flips and he was doing, he's done my personal loans for a long time. And so that's your active income job, right? So mm-hmm. it's a little, so free from wall street, we like to talk about kind of what different things people are doing for alternative investments and how they're kind of getting free. So give us a little bit of your background, how you got into the mortgage business and then, you know, how that relates to kind of the things that we're talking about, which is financial freedom and getting free from, the volatility of Wall Street. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Steve. So yeah, 18 years ago, I got into business and, you know, it was, it was kind of necessities, the, the mother of all innovation or invention. I, I was renting, I was renting an apartment and, uh, you know, came from a hardworking middle-class family. Long story short, the beginning of my adulthood was, I don't want to say poverty, but uh, absolutely no money. You know, my parents went bankrupt You know, I was living in a, uh, you know, I'll call it an apartment, but if you drove by, it looked like a motel. And, uh, didn't have any money. And, and that was at 18. And then about 10 years later, I fell into the mortgage business and, you know, again, renting. And I said, you know what, I think it's about time I, I, I learned about home ownership and, and buying a house. I think it's time to start that process. And because I was so, I don't want to say PTSD, but really financially, I guess, at a disadvantage, you know, from how I started. Now I look back, I see it as an advantage. You say that because of the financial education that you had, right? Like growing up, there wasn't a lot of financial education. Sure. There was maybe yeah. some financial missteps that were taken. So mm-hmm. when you say PTSD, that's what you're referring to. Like, yeah, it wasn't from day one, like, hey, let's let's teach you how to build wealth, right? No, no, not at all. It was the exact opposite. And so entering into the mortgage business was just, I always say I'm so grateful. You know, I had food in the fridge. You know, I would have been working at a restaurant. I'm grateful that I had a car. I would have been in the car business. And uh, I didn't have a house. And I said, you know what, why not? If I got a job with a mortgage company, the worst thing that could happen is I'd figure out how to get a good deal on a home and, and not get taken advantage of like my parents did. So it was just a matter of, okay, let me, let me try this. And so I got in the business and, and I quickly realized that it wasn't the only one that was, you know, I guess, financially not bright in, in those areas that the people that I was speaking to that, you know, had more on their, more on their plate and, and, and already owned a home and already had money were flying just as blind, maybe a little ahead of me because they had assets, but were flying just as blind as I was. And uh, that made me realize, wow, I, I need to really dive deep into this, not only to help myself out, but to help other people understand how financial planning works and, and you know, help people raise their level of fiscal literacy out there. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Cause I mean, so we're in the middle of COVID-19, uh, the world is shut down. And everybody keeps using this word pandemic, but I've been using this word pandemic over the last couple of years in regard to the financial illiteracy that has plagued our country for a long time. There's three levels of education, right? There's your academic. So you go to school, you learn how to read, write, and do arithmetic. And then you have your professional, which is 
when we learn how to make an active income, how do we make, what's the education that make us mm-hmm. uh, professional in our, in our field? And then there's financial, which I feel like is the least talked about, but most important when you're talking about wealth creation and wealth preservation. And it's not because of any other reason than people are typically ignorant of it. Our parents didn't teach yeah. it. We, our grandparents didn't learn it. And then that kind of trickles down to us. So, but what I love about the story is the, the switch of saying, I need to take responsibility for this mm-hmm. because I can't live a life being financially illiterate anymore to get the things that I want in life. Yeah. And I think most entrepreneurial people do that. At some point, they just pick up the book, right? I mean, I read through college. I went to Boston University. I read four years through college. I came out and I just, I figured I would continue to grow automatically. And then I started hitting these walls of, well, why can't I get to the next level? And then I started reading different books that I wanted to read, not college, you know, credit books, but books that I wanted to read so I could learn how to be more financially literate, more business literate. And the information's out there, right? I mean, we just need to have the desire to go out there and, and, and learn it. Yeah. People think that when they start out in life, it's, they tend to gravitate back to their, to their family and not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, if your mother or father or uncle or aunt or grandfather is a, you know, a multimillionaire and is, is you know, uh, financially free, then yeah, certainly that's, that's where I would get some advice from. But, you know, as we go through our life, we always go back to asking people that we trust, what should we do? You know, we're, we're buying a house. Should we put 20% down, dad? I just had a baby. Should, you know, should we get life insurance, mom? And we go back to our mom and our dad. And again, that's the first place. And it's the obvious place because when it came to anything else in our life that was big, we went back to our, our roots. We went back to our family. <coughs> and, and so it's natural. But as you you know, and I guess for me, when I got in the mortgage business, it was my clients. I mean, sitting here today, the information that I, I have, a, a lot of it I learned not from a book and not from a tape or a CD or video, but from my clients because I'm looking at their personal financial statement. Right. You're looking at their finances going, hey, and what I'm, are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm seeing a hardworking, I'm seeing a hardworking American, you know, American family, you know, and I see that they're getting a nice tax refund back and, and I see that they don't have a lot of money in the bank. And then I'm seeing, you know, an entrepreneur, you know, somebody who owns an apartment building and, and, you know, multifamilies and things like that. And he's actually paying Uncle Sam, you know, he's actually writing a check out on the 15th and uh, he's got a lot of money in the bank. And I just saw these patterns. I'm like, wait a second. The people that are typically getting money back on their tax return are month to month. Not everybody, but a lot of people. And then I'm noticing that the people that are paying Uncle Sam, you know, they're paying their taxes, they're doing their quarterly taxes, they're writing a big check out on April 15th, they have the fruit on the tree. And I said, wow, isn't that interesting? Because I was always taught, you know, always do single zero, you get the most back, you know, you never have to worry about the IRS, you always want to get a big tax return. And I would, and, and that was what I learned from my parents. And then when I got in this business, it was like, oh my goodness, uh, that, that's not, you know, and then you have an identity crisis of, am I that's being a good son? people do. Yeah, that's not like, am I, am I doing something wrong by not listening to my mom and dad anymore about that? And yeah. so when you make that shift and then, you know, now I'm helping my father out now and helping my sister out now, and it, it feels great. But definitely our understanding and our fiscal financial education system, I, I think is absolutely broken. I mean, it's not, a, in most states, it's not required to learn. I think there's like 10 states that teach basic financial education and planning in, in high school. But most of America, it's not a requirement. And uh, I, t- I say to my clients all the time, and my friends and family, I said, you know, we, 
I don't think money's everything, but I, I rank it up there with oxygen, you know, to be honest with you, because we spend the best hours of our day, the best days of our life away from the people we love the most to make money. And most of the time we're not going someplace to make that money with people that we chose to really surround our, our, our time with. And it's the best, it's the best time. I mean, we're, we're energized basically from nine to five, you know, in the morning we're waking up, you know, after five, we're winding down and we're spending the best, our most valuable asset, our time to make money. But then it's not being taught in school and it's just being recycled. You know, I believe the middle class is the middle class, not because they're not worthy. It's because they're, they're getting their information from guess who? The middle class. Right. And so being in the mortgage business and looking at people from all areas of, of life uh, with different financial backgrounds, I w- again, I was able to notice these patterns and say, wait a second, you know, the, the multimillionaire is not a million times smarter than me or a million times smarter than my other client. They just got different information they have different and did their own research and acted upon it. Yep. And that I thought was, that's when I had that aha moment. And, you know, so going back real quick to touch on the, uh, what you mentioned before, which I, I've struggled with this too, where it's like, well, I'm going to do something different than what my parents taught me. Am I being a good son? So I just want to touch on that because you get a lot of things from your family, from your parents, from your close friends growing up. Love, honor, respect, duty, all of these different things, right? Of how to make you morally and ethically facing north. And when you start to pick out some things that you can learn better from other people, at first it makes you feel guilty. But the real thing about it is those people have influenced you in a positive way. And you can pick and choose what positives you want to take and what negatives you want to leave behind. And that's wisdom. That's not something that you should be berated for. It's not something you should beat yourself up over. And when we started to do it, you know, you start to feel like, well, I'm doing things differently. So maybe it's almost combative, right? But it's not. What you're doing is you're picking and choosing the best parts of people and you're taking those along with you and that's how you grow and that's how you learn. And, you know, so in terms of literacy, we don't learn it in school. If we didn't learn it at home, where do you learn it? I mean, brilliant on you to be able to recognize some of these patterns and say, well, your tax return says X, this one says Y, but this is what you're doing and this is what you're doing. I was always taught that the big tax return was was great at the end of the year too. And now mm-hmm. I write, well, I used to write some big checks to Uncle Sam on April 15th. And then that was when I knew I was making some money and I was starting to grow a business. Now I've taken it a step further, right? And learned how to breed, how to build more tax-free or tax-advantaged wealth because right. I learned even more of that next step. So yeah, I think it's a big thing to be able to recognize you're not the smartest guy in the room. Neither are these multimillionaires. They just have different information. They sought it out and then they implemented it into their lives and it changes the financial trajectory of them and their family. All right, so now you're making active income. I mean, we're, we're talking right now, mortgage rates are probably the lowest I've ever seen them in my mm-hmm. life. I think I'm getting a loan at like three and a quarter right now, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And you're doing well, even though everybody's staying home and some people are maybe not even working, the world's gonna turn back on. We're gonna get back to sure. work. But there's a lot of people that are benefiting from low mortgage rates right now. So you guys are cranking, but that's not the strategy, right? You don't plan on writing loans forever. No, not at all. Not at so, all. So that. let's talk so a little bit more about the investment side too. Yeah. How does your active, because I, I feel like a lot of people are in this boat. They have an active W-2 job right? and they're trying to figure out what to do with their investments to maximize their 
their effectiveness while also knowing that they're not going to work forever. So what does that structure look like for you? Yeah, for me, and, and again, I probably shouldn't work as much as I do. I'm pretty much available seven days a week serving clients and, and helping people, helping families and, and totally enjoy that. So it's, it's not just work for me. It's, I enjoy serving and helping others. But certainly I see that, wait a second, as my children are growing, I do want more free time. You know? And, and you, you kind of don't think of, back in the day when my father was working, corporate America, you know, they spoke about having pensions. And as I was getting into my adulthood and, and career, I realized there are no pensions. There are far and few between. But then there's 401ks. And I've been doing this 18 years, and I've seen it in my own portfolio as well as my clients. The stock market, you know, which is where 401, 401ks and IRAs and, are, are part of. Where they it's live, very, right? Yeah, it's very vulnerable. You know, and I know that if you're, there's people out there that are very much dialed into the stock market. And if you really, really, really are dialed in, and, and I think a lot of it's luck too, and you can do very well. But that's not most people. And so for me... I just know that, wait a second, I want to have some sort of exit strategy. I want to you know, be able to travel and spend time with my wife and, and just do more than just work. As much as I enjoy it, I want it to be an option, but not an obligation. And I find that most of my clients, they're you know, looking. Nobody really says, I want to have the obligation. I want to be obligated to work until I die. You know, people want to have their, most people probably will work and they'll do things that they enjoy doing, but, but to have the option, but not the obligation is something that is what I'm working for. And so when I got in the mortgage business and looking at the personal financial statements of a, a lot of people, I noticed that, yeah, people are working, but there's a group of uh, people out there that are working hard for their money, but they're putting their money to work hard for them. And when I saw that, pattern happening. I said, well, that's, you know, that's the camp I want to be in. When I was doing a purchase loan, I remember the gentleman uh, clearly is from Secaucus, New Jersey, uh, a mentor of mine, I would say. He was a carpenter and he had all these rental properties, apartment buildings and, and commercial buildings. And, and I said, Joe, I said, I'm looking at your application and you make so much money from your rental properties. You don't even need to do this carpentry job. And he just laughs. He laughs. He's like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, so that's when I, the light went on. I said, I want to be on that side of the table and have the option to do that. So, so I got into buying houses and you know, I had over 30 rental properties and had a property manager and, and did that for a while. And it's not very admirable. It's, it, it's you know, a great way to make passive income, but it's still a lot of work. And I'm not handy Andy. So my, when my tenants would call me, I'd be like, oh goodness, what's going on now? And I'd have to call somebody else. And call someone else. So you've had your hand yeah. in a couple of different investment models, right. right? You've done some fix and flip, yeah, right, where you've purchased the property and you funded it, you fixed it up, and then you put it back in the market and you right. sold it for a profit. And mm -hmm. active or passive? Well, if I'm active and when I'm flipping property, it's a, it's an active, just like my job is active. And you would say that some of the having the rental income coming in is is you could say is passive, except when you're getting those phone calls. Oddly, at the end of the month, you know, stating that there's something <laughs> wrong with the house, right. uh, the washing machine's not working, or the roof's leaking, or something along those lines. And so then you realize, okay, it's great to be a landlord. It has its perks, but it also has its, its challenges. And so, you know, you just kind of say, well, you know, I look at my wife, and at the end of the day, I'm sitting down, I'm like, you know, relaxing. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So then I just started digging further, you know. So just to kind of, I guess, digress a little bit. So, yes, I have a 401k. You know, I invest in that area. I have cash value life insurance. I put a, a good deal about of money there. 
Um, I have rental properties, but where I'm seeing the wealth be created is in creating passive income. And, and really what's exciting about passive income and, in, and being an investor, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with the cash flow quadrant, going from being employee and being self-employed to being an investor and a business owner, that's where the wealth is created. So it's always been, how do I get over to that side of the quadrant? And, and real estate has been one way, but when I did the real estate, when I had a couple dozen properties, I was still self-employed. You know, it still took my time. And so to really become an investor and get to the other side of that quadrant is where I'm seeing the future of not just making money. I mean, money, again, I, like I said, I hold money up there with oxygen, but more important than that is getting my time back. When you don't have to go and swap the toilet out on your rental property, then you know, you become more passive. I always say that the rental portfolio, you know, smaller, uh, one, two, three families, mm-hmm. yeah. they're great. And they do help create wealth and they do create passive cash flow, which is what we preach on the show. But it's active, right? It's part passive, part active, because you still are hmm. the manager. And the economies of scale don't really allow you to hire a third party manager and still make decent cash flow on those deals. So it becomes a little bit different. So now you've invested with us. You, we've mm-hmm. gotten into some larger uh, apartment complexes, right? There's some significant tax advantages to it. So now your rate of return becomes a true rate of return because it's tax-free, right? So now you start to see, and this is new, newer for us too. I mean, you know, we flipped houses for 10 years. You know that. It was very active, very transactional. As we started to make the shift, it wasn't because we were thinking, oh, let's go get, let's go be the biggest guys on the block. What we saw was financially beneficial apples to apples, this far exceeds what we were able to do if we were buying a single family rental or flipping a single family Mm -hmm. house. And now we've gotten to take friends along for the ride with us. And that is where, I mean, that passive income is really where people get to get their time back too, because you're not, I'm not going to call you and say, Hey, Josh, we have a leak in apartment 42. You just get your checks quarterly. And, you know, some people on Facebook have seen us kind of sharing some joking photos over the last couple of weeks. And I mean, that's what it's all about, right? And when you listen to Kiyosaki, you think real estate is where we're going to get freedom. And then you start to realize that maybe not all real estate is created equal. Correct. Right. So I love to see the genesis of, you know, starting to get some education, active, building active income, relating that into, hey, let's make some ancillary active income through flips and stuff, which is great, by the way. You need active income to ever become an investor. Mm-hmm. You'll never get to, you'll never start in the investor quadrant, right? You have to build your way there. But as long as you know that that's the path that you should be taking, or that's the end all be all, that's the goal right? Then you have your eye on the prize. You're not just saying, well, I need to save as much money as I can and put it into, my, into the stock market. You just have no control there for getting your time back. Now you can probably start to see, well, I'm going to save X amount of money and put it into X amount of deals. And then by this time frame, I'll have my freedom. There was a, a commercial and I don't know why. I haven't seen it in a while. I'm not watching as much TV as I, as I used to, but ING used to have a, a commercial. They, they got bought out by Capital One, and then changed the, the big orange the ball. Voya. Right? Yeah, it changed the Voya, but it used to be ING, and uh-huh. Capital One, I believe, bought it, and now it's Voya with the orange rabbit. Right. You know, there's an yeah. orange rabbit, and I think a, a green rabbit or something like that. The early commercials, and I'm dating myself. Maybe it was ten years ago. It probably was. And the guys walking around with a number, like, do you know what your number is? Right. And that I remember was, this. 
that was a, you know, like, wow. Because it, 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 basically this app, and there's, I'm sure we could share some tools with, with the audience with some applications and, and refer them to, to some key, you know, individuals that are, that are, you know, that have this, that have the programs. But it was, if you, you could put a number in the system, it would tell you what you're, what you're going to have, what you're going to need in retirement. So if you wanted to make 5000 in retirement, here's your, the, the, here's your number. You know, if you wanted to make 10000 passive income in retirement, here's what you need to have by then. Or here's what you should have now at 40. And then by 65, this is how much money you need to have that type of retirement. It was, and so the guy's walking around with a large orange number underneath his uh, arm. And he's like, you know, do you know your number? And so when I saw that commercial, Steve, I'm like, I don't know my number. (laughs) And I'm sure it's going to be big. And I, I learned early on that whatever you have now, you know, because of inflation and what have you, you know, you're buying, if you have a million dollars now, 10 years from now, that million dollars is only going to buy you a half a million of goods and services. So you got to really take that into account. So I said, wait a second, how am I ever going to get that number? And that was really the thing that said, okay, I got to look up, you know, investing in real estate. I got to, you know, think a little bit differently. I can't just depend on the 401k at the job, you know? So that's what really was kind of like, it was kind of fear to be honest with you. It's like, I, I need to know my number. You know, I don't want to be a burden on my family and, and my children and what have you. So that's what I, that's when I started looking at other, other outside of the box, if you will, for me, strategies on how can I speed this up? How can I give myself some more certainty? Because yeah. we live in a very uncertain world. Like we don't know, okay, the parks are opening, <laughs> you know, this isn't opening. And are we able to go out to a restaurant in six days? Like just, there's a whole world of uncertainty out there. Yep. And what I like about working with your group is that there's certainty there. I know when my check's coming, you know, and, and that's why I sent you that photo. I mean, I'm just like, this is the certainty that I don't, you know, it's not like I have to worry about whether this is coming in or not. And, and quite frankly, I didn't have to put up that big, you know, seven digit number to start receiving, you know, that passive income. Yeah. So, so that's where I see, yes, making the money on the, on the left side of the quadrant and then strategically and, and very intelligently investing that you know, as an investor and, and as a business owner to create a, a strong financial foundation for myself and my family. Yeah. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. The reason for Free From Wall Street, the podcast is simply because volatility, it just, the lack of predictability, the lack of consistency, the lack of stability makes me scared. I mean, I can't put my family's future at risk because of a virus, or because of a strike. I mean, yesterday the market was up 596 points. The unemployment rate is 27 and a half million people. I mean, there's just no fundamentals. There used to be fundamentals in the market, right? Mm-hmm. Where they would come and report their earnings and then the stock would go up or down based on their earnings. It's not like that anymore, right? There's algorithmic trading. There is kind of set it and forget it, like let the computers do the work, but it's not sustainable in my mind. You know, what we're doing here is trying to create a rock solid foundation that we can build our futures on, that we can build the futures for our kids on. And Free From Wall Street is kind of the way that we've decided to do it. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that has money in Wall Street is just kind of gambling, but I don't know how else you predict it, right? I mean, it's for me, it feels like throwing it all on black and just kind of hoping, you know, Mm -hmm. so... We don't like to use hope as a strategy. We like to go in and buy cash flowing assets with some upside. We know that it's tangible, right? You get pictures of the drone footage we put out and the, the cameras that we're building, and you can kind of see where your money is working. 
unlike mm -hmm. Wall Street where you can't. You know, so let's finish up this call with the why. Why did you think it was important? I mean, we mentioned some fear of like, hey, I don't know my number, but let's go deeper. I mean, what is the real why to get into the investor quadrant, time with family, generational wealth? I mean, what are the, what's the driver for Josh to say, hey, Steve, I, I want to be a passive investor in these types of deals while I'm creating active income? And what's the end all be all? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to break the cycle. Again, my, my mother was a hairdresser. My dad was a factory worker. Day in and day out, yes. You know, my father was there sometimes. My mother was there sometimes. But I know that things just cycle. You know, we cycle. And I'm looking for a better quality of life for myself. But you know what? It's, it's more than that for me. It's for really setting the example for my children. So I know that if I can create and I'm creating passive income and creating assets, and, and showing that there's another way besides punching the clock, you know, and, and, you know, trading my time for money. Again, there's a place for that. But to know that there's other options out there is exciting and to be able to take advantage of those options. So for me, it's, it's setting the example for my kids, you know, really, because I want them to know that life is not just about home to work, home to work and the money in the month match. Because that's, how, that's what I saw. And that's what they've seen a good part up to now. But as they're growing, I'm into 14 and 10, I want to be able to show, hey, listen, there's, there's another way. So it's that. And it's, it's a legacy. It's, it's setting up a legacy. It's, it's creating that passive income and as well as giving back. My family never had the money and the resources to donate money to certain charities and to you know, support certain projects or, or community efforts. And my family so far, is we, we've started that process. And it's just a start. And, and I don't think there's a giving back, I think, is one of the best things that you could do. And I think more people can do it if they knew they had a way to be able to earn more yeah. to do that. So, and I think that's where it starts. I mean, I think it's, it's like the butterfly effect. It's like throwing a rock in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, a lake, you know, those, those, causes, Ripples, those rims yeah. go out. So I feel like if, if I can do this, you know, when I got in the mortgage business, I didn't have a house. And I felt like a hypocrite marketing mortgages with a house. So I immediately was like, I, I, gotta, I gotta buy a house. And I did that. And so... I think that, you know, again, providing for my family and setting an example and is the start of a, of a butterfly effect or ripple effect to really change, change the dynamic of my, not my lineage, I guess that's the past, but the future family. So um, that's really what's, what, what motivates me. And uh, obviously to have, you know, to have more options and to have a better quality of life. Again, I, I think that, I don't think money buys happiness, but I think it could add to the happiness you already have. And it certainly could add and, and help many other people out there that, that don't have. Yeah. So I just want to be able to give more and, and you have to have in order to give. And, you know, so what I love about the heart of most of our investors like you, it's yes, we want to create passive income, generational wealth, but also give back. And that's why, you know, integrity has the invest with purpose, right? So you, by partnering with us in the project that you're in, we're funding a nonprofit, right? So we in that project are over the next five years going to be carving out a position in that deal. So just by virtue of effectively investing with us, you are already it's giving awesome. back more. It's great. Right. And listen, we, as always, we love you. Thank you so much for trusting us with your hard earned cash. We always appreciate it. We're so happy to be able to partner with people like you. Where can people find you if they want to take advantage of some of these great rates or even want to learn some of the different strategies that you're implementing in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. They can just call me directly at 
904-7856. And my website's just my name, joshblair.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. So those that you want to reach out to Josh, go grab a cup of coffee with him once the uh, stay-at-home order lifts. He's a local guy here in Toms River. So awesome. Josh, thanks so much for everything, man. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate right. it. See you, brother. Thank you for listening. Like what you hear? Be sure to subscribe and head over to freefromwallstreet.com and sign up for our free guides to help you and your family invest with purpose.